Welcome to the Jane Wareham Podcast. I'm your host, Jane, a certified life coach and mindset expert with over 10 years experience in the well-being space. If you spent years creating what looks to be a pretty sweet life for yourself, but still feel unfulfilled, don't worry. I felt this way too. I'm here to help you understand the power of your mind and show you how you can use it to unlock the happy and fulfilling life that you want and deserve. Don't delay your happiness any longer. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. I am thrilled. Today, I am joined by Jess McGann, and we are talking about healing after heartbreak, falling in love with yourself again. And this is such a timely topic for myself and an amazing story. So thank you, Jess, so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here talking to you, an old friend of mine. (laughs) Yes, I'm so, so excited. So let me tell you all quickly before we get started here, a little bit about Jess. So I'm going to share a bit of her bio with you and it ties into how we met as well. So Jess spent over two years traveling the world solo, living in many countries such as Australia, New Zealand, which is where we met in Queenstown. That's like a whole other story, but amazing. And she's traveled to over 30 countries and still counting. So when she returned home, she worked her way up in the film and television industry and is now a TV producer, having worked on shows such as Big Brother Canada, Top Chef Canada, which I love, Blown Away. Oh my God, I love that show too. (laughs) An all-around champion. Clearly, I love everything that you work on. Thank you. So here's the thing. Her mental health hit rock bottom in 2020. She became passionate about learning about all things mental health and returned to school to receive a diploma in life coaching. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, Jess works as a practicing life coach and educator with her business, Coached by Jess. So through one-on-one sessions, workshops, speaking events, and podcasts, her brand new podcast, by the way, The Pivot Point, check it out. She shares her passion for mental wellness and guides others to achieve more aligned fulfillment in life. How beautiful is that? Oh, thanks for the intro. Oh, you're so welcome. Okay, so Jess, this topic hits home big time for me because I went through a breakup about five weeks ago. So this is real, you know, healing your heart after a breakup. And then also, I think one of the biggest pieces is realizing that you need to fall back in love with yourself and not be seeking out that from other sources. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about this and what this means to you and why you want to talk about this today. Yeah, I mean, heartbreak is a an experience that a majority of us can relate to having experience, except for maybe like that 1% of people who were just fell in love with their high school sweetheart and they got married and they never had to go through a breakup ever before. But we all know the pain of having a heartbreak. And I have had a lot of them myself. (laughs) I have struggled with heartbreak in my past. And I think it's an interesting conversation to bring to the table today. Absolutely. And you actually introduced me to the boyfriend that I'm bringing into this conversation. It's your fault. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Jane and I, we met living in New Zealand. You were working as like a recruiter type role, sending people out to events to like cater waiter. And I was one of the cater waiters and me and Jane just kind of clicked. And one of the events that she had sent me to was to help out a bar 
that was low staffed for an event that was happening. And this guy was the bar manager. (laughs) And at the time, I was very excited. Me and this gentleman fell in love very, very quickly. It was very instantaneous. And we like from that point forward spent every day together. He was traveling from the UK. I was traveling from Canada. And we were just inseparable. So inseparable, in fact, that we ended up moving in together and living for about five or six months up in the North Island of New Zealand, up in Mount Maunganui. And we had like a little apartment. We got ourselves little bar jobs. And we were just kind of playing house for a little bit of time. And it wasn't until we were deciding to leave New Zealand, we had a plan to backpack Southeast Asia and then move to Australia together as the next step. And it wasn't until our time in New Zealand was coming to an end that things started to shift in our relationship. And it was not obvious shifts. Like we were having consistent sex. We were cuddling. Like there was nothing that you could look at and be like, oh, this is a relationship in jeopardy. The only shift that I remember noticing was A, I was experiencing anxiety, like out of nowhere. I just started feeling like unsafe. This anxiety was through the roof. And I just was like, something's off. I felt in danger, so to speak. And the shift I noticed from him was that he was waking up in the middle of the night and was struggling to sleep. But I had no idea why. And I remember asking him and he was like, oh, it's nothing. He just brushed it off. And then before our trip to Southeast Asia, we spent a night at a hotel. He took me out for a nice dinner. Everything was good. There were no signs of issues, as I said. And then when I went back home, like the night that I landed in Toronto, I get a text message from him saying that he wanted to go to Southeast Asia by himself with his guy friends and he didn't want me to come anymore. But he wasn't breaking up with me. He just didn't want me to come on the trip with him anymore, which I'm all the way in Canada now, like from New Zealand. So it's just like, why did you wait this long to talk? Now I'm like fearing for this relationship. I'm feeling heartbroken. I'm feeling terrified. And I'm on the other side of the world. We ended up talking it through, resolving things. He apologized. He said he was freaking out. He was nervous, but it's all good. Like, come to Southeast Asia. We go to Southeast Asia with him and two of his guy friends. And I'm like freaking out now. Like, it just feels like unsafe now. Like, I just know that he could leave me at any time or that he's thinking about this. So my nervous system is just completely out of whack. And one night we were in Pai, Thailand, sitting, drinking around, and he was talking to this stranger and he said... I just don't feel like I'm myself when I'm in a relationship. And having come from just that experience of nearly losing him while I was in Canada, like immediately I my body lights up with anxiety. I get upset and I ask to talk to him. And sure enough, we're walking. I'm like, what the is going on? Like, what? Like, what do you want? Like, I don't understand what's going on. And he goes, I want to break up. I want to do this trip solo with my guys. And here I am going like solo with your guys. I'm sorry. You want to leave me alone in Southeast Asia so you could go off to be with your guy friends who are single so that you can go do the guy things that you want to do. And I was also like, you're not going to be solo. I'm going to be solo. You're leaving me. I'm going to be by myself. You're going with the two guys that we had planned this trip with. Now I'm by myself. And uh, I later found out through sharing with messages with our friends in New Zealand that he had been on Tinder and while we were living together and there was things going on that I hadn't known about. And it was just all so devastating. Like I truly believed that I was going to marry this man. I felt I was like 100% convinced. And for this to happen so quickly and so suddenly, and there was never any opportunity to like talk through problems. Like we never fought, which is a red flag, I would say, knowing what I do now. 
And we never, like, there was no discussion about any issues. There was no like, hey, I'm feeling this. Can we talk about this? It was just like, we'd been together for like eight months by this time. And it was just like, no, I'm out. Bye. And I was left. Like, I remember on my hands and knees, I was so devastated. I was like begging him not to leave me. I was crying. I was like, please, I'm scared. I'm alone. I am heartbroken. Like, please don't do this. And he left with his two guy friends that day. And I was left bawling in this hostel in Thailand going, I don't know what to do next. Heartbreak sucks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. For anyone hearing this for the first time, it's almost, and you know, I heard this many years ago when we connected back here in Toronto and this story is just wild. Like it's wild on so many levels, but what is so interesting to me is that the feeling you had, like our gut and our spidey senses, and I have goosebumps saying this right now, literally got goosebumps. Our intuition knows, like it knows what's up and like how you realized before you even left, you were feeling anxious. You know, you had this anxiety that was kind of flowing through your body. And this is something too that I felt like leading up in the month before my relationship ended as well. It was like, I consider myself a very low anxious person, fortunately. So when I feel anxiety in my body, it resonates and vibrates very strong. And it could be a very low level for most people of anxiety, but it feels very intense to me. I feel like a tightness through my chest almost, you know, like you wake up and right, you're already on edge upon waking up almost. And I felt that exact same thing. So it's interesting that you did too. Okay, so like cliffhanger here, you've got us here. This is wild. Now, think about this. You're left there. You're pleading and begging for him to come back or for him to just not make this decision. I mean, look at you now, right? As you're like living through this and reflecting back on this. Okay, so take us back there. Then how did you move forward. Let's talk about almost, I like to think as in some of these interviews on then versus now, because you back then was very different from your awareness now and where your mindset's at now. So how did you start to take steps forward alone when you were completely, I guess one could say abandoned, which I mean, realistically is probably the best thing that could have happened for you. But at the time, it does not feel that way. No, it didn't feel like that at all. I remember the pain of this heartbreak was so significant. I couldn't eat. I was crying all the time. Everything felt hard. It felt like a death. It truly felt like he died because of how sudden and how out of nowhere it felt like this breakup came. So I spent a lot of time crying and in bed and I ended up meeting two other travelers who allowed me to tag along and destroy their trip, basically. (laughs) Like I'm so lucky that they were willing to kind of move. I ended up going to the south of Thailand while my ex and his two friends went over to Laos and started that trip. So we went south and they were very comforting and nice while I cried and they held space for me. I cried literally every single day and they continued to show up and support me. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I have two choices at this moment. I can either go back home with my family and my support systems and heal and move forward that way. Or I can go to Australia. And the thing that I thought to myself was like, can I swear? <laughs> can I swear? A hundred percent. 
the thing I thought to myself was like, fuck this guy. Like he's already taken away my Southeast Asia trip that I was so excited about. He's not taking anything else from me. I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to do it just like I had planned and I will heal over there. So one morning in like a little Thailand restaurant, I filled out the visa application for a what is it called? Like the yeah, the working visa, working holiday yeah, visa for the working holiday visa for Australia. I filled it out in like a little cafe. I got accepted it within like an hour of applying to it, which was fantastic. And I booked a flight to Melbourne, and I was about like a week or two after I got the visa. And I ended up living in a hostel in Melbourne for a little bit. And what was really interesting, it was almost like the universe sent me these women because in my hostel room, it was a four bed dorm. Each and every one of the women who were in that space was also doing their own healing. One of the girls had lost her friend who had passed from cancer. Another was going through almost the exact same situation as me with her partner. And another one was in a traumatic, really weird relationship at the time. So all of us were kind of doing our own healing. And and from coming together, we were able to support each other during this time. The community support and connection and being able to be somewhere that I had no memory of him. I had no connection to him. It was fully my own new story that I was stepping into and writing. I think that helped me as well. There was something really healing about not having anything that reminded me of him around. And through yoga and through my time in Australia with these women, I healed. I fell in love with myself. I learned of how capable I was. This was such a painful breakup. Like, I hope I never have to experience this kind of pain ever again. And coming out on the other end of that, like, I remember being in it. Like, how many times do we experience this in a breakup where you're like, this is the worst pain ever. I'm never going to love someone in as much as I love this person. No one's ever going to love me like, they loved me. It's not like that we get into like this extreme mindset because the pain is just so palpable and strong. This is literally though, giving me like deja vu of your journey and this journey of when my relationship ended in New Zealand. And what's interesting is that that relationship was about eight months long, but we knew each other prior in Toronto. So traveling eight months. But what was interesting in that case was that the love that you had with your partner in New Zealand, the one we were speaking about, the love you had was very strong, whatever it was at that time. And what I felt for the person I was with was that look at it now as like a convenience love because he was really I didn't have anyone in New Zealand. He was the only one there. But We had a very strong connection. And when that ended, I was devastated and we ended it. And I stayed in New Zealand for another like two months. And the last month I was in New Zealand, I remember crying every day because our relationship, it was like good. When I was there, it felt good. We were okay, but we were ending and it was like a ticking time like bomb, you know? And then the day I remember leaving was so interesting is I went to Australia. So I myself also did a solo journey to Australia and found myself in Australia. And honestly, it was like, I truly felt like, okay, this is insane. The people I met, same thing. When I first got there, I met a group of German people actually. And one of them, his name is Daniel. And we are still friends to this day. Like I went and visited him in Germany, you know? So it's just wild. Did you do the East Coast? 
Is that what you did? Of Australia? Yeah. Like, did you do that? Yeah, I lived in Cairns, actually. Oh, sick. But it was their winter. So, I mean, no one really stays in Cairns for like that long, but I lived in Cairns. And what's also very interesting in terms of falling in love with yourself. So similar to you, I went to Australia. I was like, okay, I cannot allow my four and a half months left on my visa in Australia because mine were running at the same time. Anyway, different story. But I really saw that I was like, okay, I need to make the most of this here. I need to enjoy this. I was like really sad, like very sad. The two week solo road trip in New Zealand did help me grieve driving New Zealand myself. And I did visit you guys actually. That's right. I was doing that. But when I was in Australia, what's so cool is I really started to discover like myself. I discovered what I really loved. I was doing more of what I loved every single day because I was in control of myself, of my energy. I made choices for me every day. I picked a job as grateful as I am for the job in New Zealand. It was very stressful. And so I picked a job in Australia doing housekeeping. And to this day is literally, that was almost a pivotal moment for me because I did a job that was active. I wasn't sitting at a desk anymore. And I'd wrap up my day feeling fucking amazing because I moved. I was tired, so tired. I was dirty, but I was so happy. I honestly say that I think about my time in Australia and that was some of the happiest times of my life. Living in this little town, like in Kansas party town, but you know, I was working. It was like, I wasn't there to party. I was there to make money. How interesting now for you to have come back home to Canada. You came back in project management, working at that desk and again, found yourself creating a job where you can be up and moving and not stuck at a desk. There was something in that moment that dropped a little seed in your mind, perhaps that made you go, oh, I like this. I want more of this in my life. Yeah, that's a big point for me, especially on where I am today, in that I realized that movement is a big value of mine. And also, I love helping other people with that. But I see how happy that made me. And I'm like, okay, you know, as you start to align your values, like now, what do you value now? And start doing things that align to that in your everyday, it really helps. Okay, so let's go back to really where you started to your healing process and fall back in love with yourself. So if anyone here is like listening to this, they could have gone through a breakup and you could grieve breakups. I got friends that grieve breakups for years. So you could be holding on, not letting go. How do you recommend? And when you work with your clients, Jess, how do you help them to See, how can they fall back in love with themselves? Like, what is something that they can do to start to go along that path? I think self-love is a continual practice. It's a choice every single day um, to be making. I think I'll start with like when you're actually in a relationship. The One of the best piece of advice I ever got from my mother in terms of relationships was that when you're in a relationship, there should always be three lives, your life, their life and your life together. And it's important to maintain each and every one of those. So even now, as I'm in my current relationship, you know, my partner has his own thing. I have my own thing. And then we also have these elements that are our life together. And if we were to separate, God forbid, I still have this knowing of who I am. I have things that are mine. I have a life that is mine. And I think that helps a lot in the separation process. If we get too enmeshed, 
with each other. If we are dependent on that person for our happiness and our joy and our money, even like money is a big conversation too these days, it makes leaving a lot harder and a lot more painful. But when we get into breakups, the first thing you need to do is process. You have to allow yourself the space and time to grieve. And I know it feels like shit. I know it fucking hurts. I know you don't want to be spending all your time in bed crying. But if that is what you need in this moment, please give that to yourself. Because when we suppress that and it just gets buried inside of us, we're going to carry that around with us. And it is going to unleash maybe with the next partner. You're going to carry that fear of them leaving you maybe from your same situation into that next relationship. We want space and time for us to process and feel and allow that to come out of us. Feel it out. Talk to someone. Talk to your friends. Sometimes I'll literally watch a sad movie. Like I'll feel the tears. I'll feel like, you know what? I need to cry. And I'll put on a sad movie that will connect me to the emotion I'm trying to get out of me, so to speak, if that makes sense. I think it's important to recognize that this is a moment of grief. Like it really is like a loss. And I had once heard that our grief when we lose someone is all the love we had left to give kind of coming up to the surface for us. So I had so much love to give left inside of me with this partner and I had nowhere to put it anymore. All those Christmases I was looking forward to, all the birthdays I was looking to celebrate, all the activities I was looking to do, they don't get to go anywhere. So I had to like allow them to come out and through me and release that. It was a part of the grief. Another thing is understanding that we get addicted to our partners. They become a habit, right? Like when you have something to celebrate or you have something bad in your day, who do you go to first? Who do you reach out to? Who do you text first? Who do you have your dinners with? Who do you make your weekend plans with? Who are you watching movies with on the couch? Like they become a habit as much as they are a partner. So it's kind of like quitting something at the same time. There's getting used to not being able to see their name come up on your phone all the time and being able to call them no matter what. And that's a hard thing to release as well. And this is the piece. I know I kind of rambled on here for a little bit, but this is the piece that I think really started my healing was I gave myself time to grieve. I allowed myself to feel the sadness and it was overwhelming the amount of sadness. But I also picked a day. I worked with my mom. This was a suggestion she made and it really did shift things for me was I picked a day. I think it was like two months after my breakup where I said I was no longer going to allow myself to grieve. And it wasn't that the pain was no longer there. It was that when those thoughts came up and they would come up every second of the day, I remember feeling so much like, how will I never think of this person again? Like I felt like I was just going to love them forever. And this was just going to be the torture I lived in. But when I got to that day, when he would come up in my mind or a memory would happen, I would literally consciously go, oh, no, no, no. What are we thinking of? Thinking of giraffe, giraffe. Where's a giraffe? Oh, a cat, cute cat, cute cat. Um, Like I would try to actively find something else. Can I get into this book? Can I watch something funny? Can I think of anything else? Okay, look at that building. Look at every color that I see, all the edges I can see. Like I would practice moving my thoughts out of that space. And the more and more I did that, the more and more time I had away from those thoughts that were causing me pain, the more and more space I had to grow. And soon enough, I didn't think of him again. Like he wasn't popping up in my mind. My brain was getting used to reaching for other things. So 
I think that that's a really big thing. And then also just don't forget that you have community. You have friends and people who want to support you. Call them, talk to them, call your family, go out with your friends, be active. Yoga was a huge thing for me too. I was doing yoga every single day. That was a great meditation practice that had me moving my body, which is another great thing to do when you're processing grief or pain. Yeah. Those are the things that I would, if you're listening, I hope that was helpful. (laughs) I hope you had a pen and paper because this is amazing. You might need to go back and rewind that and listen to them again because so many good things. And you're exactly right. Far too often, we think a relationship ends. And in this case, Jess is talking about a romantic relationship. This could be a friendship relationship. This could be a disconnection with a member of your family. This can align to anything. And you do need to allow yourself that time. And I certainly know that even though I had two parts to my breakup, the first part, I was angry. So I was angry at the fact that I allowed certain things and that I had kind of discovered things about my partner. And I was like, had all this anger. And I did a sound healing type class at Othership, which is a sauna and ice bath place here in Toronto. And I had never done a class with music. I'd never done a guided class there before. It was my first one. And I went there and it was the most beautiful class guided by this amazing instructor that brought his guitar and he sang and he played music and you're in the heat of the sauna and there's, you know, the aromatherapy, everything. I bawled. It was, I can't even describe it. It was exactly what I needed. So remember that just like Jess said, putting on a movie, it could take any form. I did not cry up until that moment. And it was about like five days after we broke up. And I just was so angry and I just kept replaying things in my mind and taking this anger through every single day. And then I did that class and then that opened it up for me. And then I would like be out walking by the water, something I did a lot with my partner and it would make me very sad. But I would allow myself to cry and I'd allow myself to feel that. And that's what's so important. I think one other thing too, and what you said with like community, reaching out to friends is know that your friends are there to support you. So sometimes we don't want to share things with our friends because we're like, I don't want to bring them down. Oh, this isn't a good energy. This is a bad vibe today. I don't really want to like share that. But hopefully you have someone that you can share this information with because sometimes as well, talking through it, right? Having someone that's going to listen, you don't need to problem solve your breakup. Just have someone to listen to you. And I mean, or reach out to people like us, you know, we're happy to be a support system and to listen because we get it. Ringer, we've been through this shit, multiple breakups, but oh my gosh, Jess, you were absolutely amazing here today. You gave so much good information. I think the listeners are going to love it. I'd love for you to just let us know how can people connect with you, get in touch with you. I'll be sure to have all your links in the show notes, but what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can always find me at coachbyjess.com. I'm also very active on Instagram, which is coach.byjess because someone else had the handle that I wanted. And then on TikTok, I'm pretty active at coachbyjess there as well. And then I also have my own podcast called The Pivot Point, where we explore the pivotal moments in people's lives where everything changed. Uh, So take a listen to that. It's on YouTube and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Amazing. Thank you again for being here. I'm so happy. Thanks, Jane. It was really fun. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to download, subscribe, rate, 
and share this with a friend if you really enjoyed this episode. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear it. Come connect with me over Instagram at Jane Wareham. See you next time.